Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Ever think those fables and fairy tales from back in the day are just a little bit dusty? Wandry and Tinkercast are bringing you a new kids and family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Join host DJ Fuchs and his trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as they deliver remixes of fables and folk tales, rhythm and rhymes, and fun spins on classics as old as time. Grab the whole family and get ready to groove because they're putting the rap in Rapunzel and getting down with that funky duckling. Where hip hop and fables meet, it's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to all episodes of Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wandry Plus in the Wandry app or Wandry Kids Plus in Apple Podcast. As many of you may know, I have been on a slow boat moving into my house, and I've been so stressed out about how I'm going to decorate and what is going on in my hallways. Thankfully, FrameBridge has come into my life. I can easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. I can't wait to visit one of their locations. I'm going to take in some of my old concert stubs so I can hang it in my office. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Welcome to the Think Loud Crew podcast. Three moms getting real with parenthood, relationships, and the WTF moments of our daily lives. My name is R. Kyle Lynn. I'm Shannon. <laughs> Who's who, y'all? No. And I'm Dr. Cheyenne Bryant. I'm so happy that we got Dr. Bryant on our podcast. As you guys know, the season finale for Teen Mom Family Reunion aired last night it was such like a big moment that we finished this new show and it's even cooler that we are already knowing that we're doing another one congratulations yes season season two is definitely green lighted i'm excited i think it's uh definitely worth it. i think it's amazing all of you 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 know you moms and the dads showed up not like really everyone wasn't obviously open to like the whole reunification and doing all the work as far as the coaching piece of it 
But once we got started and then everyone started to see the effectiveness of it and that it wasn't really about judging them or um, holding them to a cross for their choices or who they are or, or what they're going through, I believe that there was a sense of like strong desire to want to grow and to want to move past the trauma and to get to know who they are and what that looks like. And then, you know, as healing starts to happen, it's very contagious in a really good way. And so folks begin to kind of want a piece of that healing and that piece that other folks are having. And that's the beauty of healing and the beauty of really um, coming into awareness is you um, magically give other people permission to be authentic and to get in contact with their traumas as you show them the beauty in your brokenness and the beauty in your pain and the healing of it. People tend to want that because we all really want one thing. It's to be who the hell we are and to be in, in peace and happiness while doing it. And you can only do that when you're living in your authentic self and you're being free in doing it because you can't heal a lie. It doesn't work like that. I, I needed to hear that. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> like, I don't, I like, I don't know. That just gave me like a reassurance in like what we're doing, what I'm doing, like my journey right now. Cause I'm always like authenticity, but it's really hard being your authentic self. It, uh, it is so hard and people want to judge it, but it's like when you're doing where you're in it and the more you embrace it, I feel like the easier it gets and you do find your people who value it and like support it, but it's, it is, it is a tough journey, but that was, that was good to hear right there. And I love that you said that because it is, um, it is a learned behavior and it, and it happens in a household. I had a really awesome session um, the other day with one of my clients and they were talking about how their husband shuts down every time she begins to talk about her emotions or how he broke her heart or some of the things he's doing that don't work for her. And she was really personalizing it. And I explained it to her that um, somewhere in his world, right, he uh, had a very, very uh, bad relationship with unpacking his stuff. And so as a young kiddo, he got he went to unpack all his baggage and his luggage and he was judged or he was made felt embarrassed by it or he was emasculated for his baggage which happens a lot with men. And that's why men um, veer away from vulnerability or veer away from, from that emotional, expressive, let me join the unpacking space with my wife or with my partner. Because society alone makes it to where a man can have baggage, he can have luggage, right? But he better not unpack it. Because the moment he begins to unpack the trauma, his vulnerabilities, his emotions start to show, and then he's less of a man per se. When you're in a partnership, a marriage, and you both bring your luggage to the party. You can't, luggage never leaves you, no matter what you do. The only way to rid it is to unpack it. And so we're both in this party with luggage and I'm unpacking as a woman and you're just sitting there with your stuff and your luggage. There's no real essence of intimacy. That's intimacy, intimacy. I see there's no real essence of fusing or cleaving. You cannot cleave when no one's unpacking but me. And then when I go to unzip your luggage a little bit, you freak out and I think it's me, but it's not. It's the fact that this man has had a really bad relationship with unpacking and you're seeing the fruit the fruit of his trauma, not the root. And we don't heal from the fruit. We heal from the root. The fruit is what shows us what the hell is going on so that we know how do we get to the root of where this fruit is growing from. And most folks are operating from a fruitful place 
they're not operating from the root. And so you have really, really superficial marriages and relationships who run around with the mask and say they're in love, but you're really not because love is not surface, it's deep. And so you can't love the fruit, you can eat it and you can experience how good it tastes or how rotten it is sometimes, but you love at the root of things. And until you get the root of yourself, right? And understand that and process that and unload your root baggage and look at your garden, then you cannot possibly love somebody at their root because you only give who you are and we only can love at the level that we love ourselves. And so it goes back to self again. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like you're just sitting here talking and we're all like, tell us more. <laughs> My mind is like, Boom. I'm like, yes. I, I feel oh like I paid for a whole year of therapy and it's like, why? <laughs> Right. right. <laughs> I wait. So, question really fast: Do you do pre-marriage counseling? A hundred percent. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, yeah. your girl got a wedding coming up, and I'm trying to unpack some shit first. Yeah, I know. And you and Zach didn't get in the hot seat on the show. You guys went on on a date instead. I was like, well, a date's fun, but the but the the coaching hot seat is really where it's going to benefit them. They need the tools because y'all can date. Anywhere, and the tools will make the dating actually that much more better. So, yeah, a lot of people asked me after the show why Zach and I didn't have like a scene, a one on one scene with you. And I was like, we, it, we didn't, like, the opportunity didn't really come towards us. I feel like a lot of times people look at us and think, oh, they're fine, that, you know, there's nothing wrong, but everybody has stuff wrong with them. So, I hope in the next season we get to sit down and talk to you but before that I clearly need to schedule a session <laughs> with my man because my mind is like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Like, not even just in marriage but like co-parenting like yeah. we've gotten a lot of questions with co-parenting and literally what you were just speaking on was like just my brain was like ping 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 and it's um in order to effectively com- like communicate and co-parent I feel that I need someone, if it's not you, someone who has the same thought process or just the same knowledge because it's, um, it's hard. Yeah. It is. And, I, and another thing, so like, I see it says R Floyd, but I don't want to call you Floyd. What's the first? My first name is R. Oh, okay. Amazing. Cool. So R, no, you keep bringing up a lot of like really good points without even noticing that you're bringing them up. So as far as communication and co-parenting, I did a post today on Instagram, which is directly in alignment with what you just said, right? That's how God, the universe works, aligns everything perfectly. So universe set me up to be able to address what you just said. Uh, but the communication part, there's two pieces to communication. There's an input and an output. And if I'm talking too fast, ladies, just slow me down. It's because I do this every day, all day. And so I know it like I'm saying my alphabets. And if my <laughs> clients sometimes are like, hold on, doc, wait a minute. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll reel it back in and run it back with no problem. But there's two parts of communication, the input and output. The person who was giving the message in your co-parenting relationship or marriage is doing the, the output, obviously. The person receiving it is doing the input. The input person receives it and codes it. And the coding is from their experiences, good and bad, trauma, learned behavior, values, beliefs, and all that. So you send a message out, output. I receive it, input. I get to coding that message with everything that has even trans- ever transpired in my entire life. So by the time I receive the message, it's a whole different message, good or bad, yeah. good or bad. And so- that's how miscommunication happens. And so how do you 
um, how do you decode in a way that's healthy? All right. So I, I receive it, right. I get to coding with all my trauma and all this stuff. And then what I do is I take the coded message and I compare it directly to fact. What do I really know about shy? What I know about Cheyenne, is she a really good friend? Has she always been there for me? Has she ever lied to me? Do I have a reason not to trust her? If all that stuff is no, 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 I line it up with what I coded it to. She didn't return my text, right? But she knew I needed to talk to her about something. She's my best friend. And now I'm thinking she's avoiding me because she doesn't feel like dealing with my bullshit. That's what I coded it as. That's what I coded her not responding to my text as when I said I needed you. But that's my own abandonment issues that are coding her with my stuff. So I compare that. She's always there for me. Okay. This is someone who's always picked up the phone. Okay. So then I align the fact with my coding and the stuff that aligns. I keep it as a message. The stuff that does not align. I throw it away and I go with the facts that I know. And that helps me start to do two things code the right way. So I'm breaking down the barriers of my own dysfunctions and my own toxicity of coding. We all do it. I do it too. And at my age, with all of my 13 years of experience, I still can code some things that say the guy I'm dating texts me something or doesn't respond to text. Oh, I get to code and all kinds of stuff. Oh, it, it gets real crazy. It gets really crazy up here because I'm also spoiled and I'm used to things going a certain way. And I have these standards and all these other crazy dysfunctions that come into play. And by the time I decode it, I'm going, whoa, look at how much about myself I just learned about how I coded something he said or didn't say that had nothing to do with the damn message I just received. <laughs> we crazy. That right there, that, oh, yeah, crazy, literally. That right there will make for literally a so much more healthy marriage relationship, co-parenting relationship, because the coding comes from you. You got to check yourself. Yeah. Now, if the person is someone who's been deceptive, then you know that your coding could not be you, you just coding it incorrectly. It could be that you're really receiving the message the way that it is. Mm. Okay. I feel I it's interesting because I just had a conversation or a, a text message with um, my son's father. And we were having just, I think it was like a, I don't know what kind of conversation it was, but at the end of the conversation, he was like, you get so defensive when I talk to you. And I try my best not to get defensive or maybe I'm not being defensive. And that's his take on my response. So it confuses me sometimes because I'm like, am I getting defensive? Or is that how you feel? And you're reflecting your feelings off to me. So it gets like, so it's hard to communicate with him sometimes because it's, he's always kind of chiming back at me from what I said. And our communication just is always not like, I guess our coding isn't healthy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah, it sounds like your communication is not fluid. It sounds like it's not fluid. So there's a lot of moving parts that um, haven't been addressed so that your communication is fluid. That goes back to the unpacking luggage thing where if everyone has their luggage and no one unpacks, who are you really in a relationship with? Even co-parenting, forget marriage, forget yeah. actual romantic relationship. Like if I'm in a relationship with our, even as, as best friends and I'm unpacking and she's not a remote sitting there with luggage on vacation and no one unpacks and we don't go anywhere. We're, yeah. we're just sitting looking at each other like, okay, well, who unpacks first? And it takes courage and it takes emotional intelligence to be the first one to untip your bag, right? And say, look, this is my stuff. This is my luggage. 
and this is what we're doing. And, and this is the thing, if, if, you know, anyone wants anyone to love them unconditionally, well, you have to show them the conditions to even know if they love you unconditionally. If you keep your luggage in your suitcase and show no conditions, then yeah, it's easy for them to love you. And then when you finally can't, you know, hold in anymore, you might show one little piece of luggage, they lose their mind and say you're a different person. Well, it's still not their fault. You didn't unpack. And so I always advise people at the beginning of dating, I'm not saying you come out and, you know, give your address and start telling mommy and daddy issues, but I do say you show up authentic. Um, I know when I had, I previously was engaged uh, about five years ago, and I remember being on our second or third date. And I said, Hey, listen, um, you know, I understand you want to move forward as far as dating and commitment, but I have to tell you that I, I was an abandoned little girl and I'm now an abandoned woman. And what does that mean? That means that sometimes I show up in ways that are going to look like I don't have any screws and it's because I really don't. And I need you to know what that looks like because abandonment has scarred me in ways that can have me, um, kind of clinch. I can get into a space of wanting to control because abandonment does that. It makes you want to control because you think if you can control, you can save yourself from a heartbreak, which is an illusion, by the way. But I had to work through those things. And I made sure he understood exactly, you know, I, there are certain things that are going to show up and they're going to look different. They're going to look dysfunctional and they probably are, but I'm working on those things. And because I am packed from day one, you know, he said, Hey, I want it. I want it all. I, I want to roll with it all. And so, you know, that was his commitment to do so. And, but he knew exactly who he was getting involved with. And, it, and it's a win-win because now he gets freedom of choice and I get to get loved. Every freaking fiber of me gets to get loved. And that's really what we all want is to be who we are, to be fully accepted and be loved for that, not judged for it, but really loved for it. And the, the thing is, um, you know, we, we, got, we, have to, we have to really love our, our partners, meaning whether it's parents, especially when, when it comes to marriage or romantic relationships, by knowledge of them, not understanding. If you're seeking understanding, you're always, always going to have a disconnect because there's going to be certain things about the person you just don't understand. But again, if I can, uh, you know, learn to love you by knowing, you know, like Shannon, I know these things about you. And so, for example, with you and your, your, um, father of your child, you, you know, if I, if you know certain things about him and certain triggers, right, but maybe you don't understand them because they get on your nerves and they're just the most stupidest things to you ever. That is your understanding saying, this is dumb. It's irritating. I don't know why he reacts like that, but your knowledge of him to say, okay, he reacts like that, but I know him to be a good father. I know him to be trustworthy. I'm not saying these are true, but I know him to be these things, right? <laughs> You can love him based on the knowledge and now you're not ego driven and based on understanding. Understanding is very ego driven. If I need to understand Cheyenne to love her, that's my ego. That's not unconditional. That's a condition of saying, if I, if I understand you, I can love you. But if I don't understand you, then I'm sorry, we just can't have a friendship. But if right. I, again, back to me saying she doesn't return my text message when I need her to be there for me, I can go to, what do I know? What do I know about her? How does she always show up for me? Right? So I don't have to understand why she didn't respond immediately or all these whys of understanding, which is only ego. It's going to create disconnect between her and I. And then now we have a problem that really didn't exist if I go to what I know and not to my ego of needing to understand. Yeah. Dr. Bryant, when you came on Family Reunion, I feel like you kind of took it by 
not surprised, but by by surprise, because I feel like there for there for our show, people are only used to seeing Dr. Drew on reunions. Like this was the first time that somebody new was introduced and you came in looking way too fine for our audience. Who is that? I mean, even if you guys were there, the reaction from a lot of the from our cast, Macy and I got to meet her ahead of time. But Zach was like, is that a new cast member? I I was a new mom. Everybody was like, oh, she a new mom. Like she came in hot. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Ever think those fables and fairy tales from back in the day are just a little bit dusty? Wandry and Tinkercast are bringing you a new kids and family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Join host DJ Fuch and his trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as they deliver remixes of fables and folk tales, rhythm and rhymes, and fun spins on classics as old as time. Grab the whole family and get ready to groove because they're putting the rap in Rapunzel and getting down with that funky duckling. Where hip hop and fables meet, it's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to all episodes of Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wandry Plus in the Wandry app or Wandry Kids Plus in Apple Podcast. So I guess my question is, I feel like you came in and immediately um, took on everybody and what they had going on, but I feel like the audience or like, people who viewed it really didn't get to know who you are or your background. So can you just talk a little bit about like where you're from and how you became a life coach? And even if you liked your experience on family reunion or if you would do it again, or if you're like, nah, screw us, just more so we get to know who you are. Yeah. I don't want to be bothered with any of you girls issues ever again. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I, uh, I would 100% do it again. I, uh, I love what I do. It's really my purpose. Um, I experienced a lot as a young girl growing up and the whole same full circle is real. You know, when I was experiencing certain traumas and abandonment issues and also being a teen um, mom myself, but not having to not giving birth to the child. So I don't have any kids, but I had a teen pregnancy. All of that stuff at some point, we all question like, why me? Why is this happening? What does this mean? Um, I don't get it. I don't like it. 
and I'm upset with the world. I, I was upset with God. There was a lot of questioning. And then this career and me being able to be in the space of being on people's healing journey and helping them get through that has brought everything full circle. It has shown me that what God moves through you, he gives to you. And that all the things that I've gone through allow me to not just have academia and accolades and training and all this education to say, I'm a doctor with a title, but the real heart and the real compassion and the real experience of what pain pockets feel like and what healing looks like on myself to be able to provide that to others. And it gives me um, the empathy that's needed to be in this field as a therapist, as a psychologist, as a life coach. Um, and not just be able to be sympathetic because empathy is, I get you, I feel you, I've been there. Sympathy is, oh my God, like, thank God it's not me, but I'm sorry this happened to you. I am the, I'm the empathy. And so because of what I've gone through, it, it has made me really um, to be a really good fit for people. And I just have a, a, a really good cool gift of understanding pain and understanding people and knowing how to navigate people through that pain. Um, and I always say navigate people through their darkness to the light switch, because once it goes dark, it is hard as hell to find yeah. the light switch by yourself. And oftentimes it's hard to find it when you have help and friends and family don't help and cause more impairment. Only a professional who really knows what they're doing um, can get you there. And so, you know, I mean, I don't know if there's more you guys would like to know about me personally. I'm, I'm a pretty much an open book, but for the most part, uh, you know, that has been my journey on becoming a coach. I started off as a marriage, family, and child therapist. And so I did start off as a therapist. Um, and then I thought that was cool, but it was a little too hand tying. I wasn't able to be as hands-on as loving and nurturing as I am naturally and authentically. And so I had one prayer growing up. It was God, allow me to um, make a whole hell lot of money by being exactly who I am as I continue to change as a woman, as I evolve. I want to always be able to trust myself because that gives people permission to be free. And, as, and so God, you know, no request returns void. And he, he, he damn sure didn't come up short on my request. He was like, okay, Miss Thing, be you, do you. And you're going to make a lot of money doing it. You're going to bless and change a lot of lives doing it. And you're going to free a lot of people through the freeing of myself. And that's where it's magical because everyone I get to go on this journey with, I get to keep a piece of their freedom. And so it's not like I get to free y'all and then I'm like, bye, you know, figure it out. It's like, even if you go across the world, there's still a piece of you and a piece of me that's fragmented together. And it's so beautiful and it's so magical when you can be a part of so many people in a positive way, I'm talking about globally. And this, that's the biggest gift is to help people navigate through their pain and bring them to a place of authenticity and, and being liberated and free. Yeah. Have you ever had to break up with the client? Uh, it's funny. Uh, one client out of my 13 years, one client, um, one client, yeah, she was borderline personality, and um, it was starting to become a little obsessive, and it was earlier on in my career, and I was trying to figure out what was going on and navigate why she was kind of like just being a, a lot more persistent and starting to become, not just use my tools, but start to emanate and become a lot more like 
me in the sense of where like the looking like me and the doing like me. And I had no problem with it because I was mid twenties and I'm like, well, she admires me. That's amazing. I've admired people. And, but it got too far. My supervisor said, Hey, I, I think this is going a little too far. What's her diagnosis. And I said, well, borderline. And she's like, okay, we need to shift. We need to um, transfer therapists and refer her out. I was like, okay. Uh, but that's the only time I've ever had to, yeah, tell a client early on, like, okay, you know, we have to transfer you out. And uh, she had a big fit about it. So it was very unhealthy for her. Very unhealthy. She was calling like my work phone at 2, 3 a.m. And oh, no, it was getting oh, far. Now, now, let me say this. I do have clients who I, where I do emergency sessions with. And so I have done clients at 12 a.m., 1 a.m. I have done sessions at 12 o'clock, 12, you know, 10 o'clock at night. But they always, you know, in a healthy way will text. It's not a direct call. Text, hey, Dr. B, emergency going on. The husband's losing his mind. Whatever's going on in the situation. Yeah. Can you do a session? Um, this was a, quite different. Quite different. It's interesting. Does that ever weigh on you, uh, like, as a life coach? Like, does when people call you at those time of like hours, like, does it weigh on you on your heart or like throughout your day? Does it ever affect you? It, uh, you know, so it doesn't ever affect me in a negative way. Yeah. I would be completely, you know, robotic and, and dehumanized if I said that all of my clients don't pull at my heartstrings from time to time, if not all the time, because I'm so invested. Um, and when I see them have breakthroughs, I'm just like wanting to jump up and give this big hug and this kiss of like, oh my God, look at you type thing. I'm so excited. I'm so elated. I'm so happy for them. When I see my couples come to me and they are dysfunctional, they're packing up, moving out every other day. They're, I mean, there's all this emasculating, disrespect, verbal abuse going on. And then I see them two years later still with me. Um, and they're now traveling the world. Their child is like, 10 months old, they're living together. You know, the man's now the breadwinner like he always wanted to be. When I start to see them use the tools, that just makes my heart literally smile. I have clients that have traveled together and then text me while they're traveling and say, Dr. B, we just use X, Y, and Z tool. And man, we almost had a straight falling out, but we're good. We're good. We use your tools. We're good. That stuff for me is just like, yeah, it just, it, it really, really lifts me. It empowers me. It really empowers me. And I learn so much from my clients. My clients are always giving me all this acknowledgement and your tools and you're great and you're so effective. And, and that's, I, I mean, that's great, of course, right? Because I'm only as good as my clients. So my measuring tool, and I tell every mental health professional this, your measuring tool of your effectiveness is, is, is your clients and their progress. You're not good because you have a title. You're not good because you have skill. You're good because your clients are seeing results. So measure yourself by them. Oh, you're good because your the mother comes to you and sends her 13-year-old son to you or trusts her eight-year-old daughter with you because of the effectiveness she's gained through your work with her. Um, and so, but I learned so much from my clients. I mean, I have like young, again, 14, 15-year-old clients where these kids say things to me and I'm going how did they know I needed to hear that? Like I needed to hear that for the decision I'm getting ready to make after this session. Mm. And it happens wow. every single time innocently. And it's mind blowing. And when it happens, I tell them, I say, you know what? Like that is genius. You, you actually said something that 
I needed to process like, wow. And they love it. They laugh and it's empowering to them as well. So it's not an egocentric relationship where I'm helping you and you're here for me. It's nothing like that. It's like the growth is able to flow between all parties, which is really nice because it's the more tools that you provide, it's, you know, they're able to do better, but it also makes you a, a better and more personalized, I believe, life coach, which I think is really important. Um, when we had Macy on, she was very, she spoke very highly of you. And she talked about how you would give her this homework. And she was like, I need the homework. I want more homework. And when she was talking about that, it really resonated with me because, so I did a side note, just a little history on me. I had, I did two pregnancies with the same, same man. Um, but we were not together and I did my pregnancies without the support of a partner. And I went through my first one. I was not in therapy during my pregnancy, um, but did it post-pregnancy. Whereas with my second one, I, as soon as I like figured out things were not working, I called my therapist and I remember getting off the phone and I just would not feel fulfilled. And I'd always come to like my mom and my sister. And I'd be like, I need, you know, I, what do I do? I need something. I need an exercise or I need homework. So it's, um, you just always felt like you were just talking. I just felt like I was talking. Like, yeah. I said, well, Kyle, is she talking back? Like, does she speak to you? <laughs> she like, you'd ask me questions. Exactly. I don't really know. I don't really know if she's talking to me. I'm like, okay, well, maybe <laughs> you need to talk to somebody else. Because you can talk like, yeah. long. It wasn't working. It, at the time, I just, my brain was in so many different ways. I couldn't even begin to search for someone else. But it's um, knowing that there are people like you who are giving homework and who have these exercises that people are like receptive to. It's, um, I'm so happy to be part of this conversation because it's, you know, I've been trying to figure out my new path in terms of, in terms of talking to a therapist versus like life coach and like life coaches and psychology experts. I feel like those are terms that are still fairly new to our generation in terms of um, checking in with our mental health and like dealing with our mental health. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's a, two things. Homework. Yeah. I give all my clients get, get homework every time on Macy. I love Macy. Macy gets a whole lot of homework. She's so adorable. <laughs> She's a lot of homework and, and she does it. So that's cool. Uh, the other thing is, I love that you mentioned like a you know, therapist and coach. So the difference, I'm a hybrid um, because I started off as a therapist. So that's just my foundation, which I love. But a therapist is, is about talk to me, unload and tell me more. That's what they do. They're a lot less hands-on. They can, they can um, you know, affirm and empower, but it's more like talk to me more and they let you navigate through the processing, right? So we'll talk about your pain and what you've been through and um, your pain and your past trauma has gave you this per this perception, which is I call your eyeglasses, like you go to eyeglass doctor, gave you this perception. This is why you choose this way. This is why you see things this way because of your past and what's going on. A coach says, okay, so I, I'm not gonna go too much in your past, but who do you wanna be? Where do you wanna go? What's up? Let's get there. The reason why both are needed, which is where I come in as a hybrid is we need to know what the heck you've been planting, right? The root. So, so we're, the root is gonna explain the fruit, your harvest today. This is your harvest comes from here. So this is why you've grown this. This is why you've harvested. These are the seeds you plant and why your garden looks like rubbish or it looks like it's unattended or it looks absolutely beautiful and it's an oasis either way, right? And then after we get through your pain pockets and your stuff and you have a, a awareness and understanding of, oh my God, 
that's why I choose that way. So it's not that like I'm a bad person. This is the stuff that has shaped me to, you know, lean onto or grasp onto this familiar dysfunction. We can do that. Now that we work through that stuff, who the heck do you want to be? Where do you want to go? Let's get there. But we still will commingle sometimes the past uh, formation of your, your traumas or your experiences so that we can associate them to why here you're not choosing correctly or why here you're out of alignment with what you want. That's a hybrid and that's what I do versus having one, you're still missing the other application because a coach can get you there and then guess what? You can't sustain it because you haven't processed why in the hell, you know, you can get here and can't sustain marriage. A lot of women and men can get to down the aisle, but the divorce rate is high because they ain't sustaining their relationships. And so, yeah, a coach can get coaches like that. He or she can get you down the aisle, but do you have the tools that can have, help you sustain that relationship by understanding where you came from, who you are, decoding, you know, unpacking your bags, who's not unpacking, let's unpack this thing right now. Let's look at all the stuff. Some of it may not even be as boogie as you think. And the stuff that is, who cares? You know, everyone has luggage that smells or stinks or some dirty laundry in there. Oh, well, not a big deal. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, Kyle, what's that one therapy, um, trauma therapy, and you touch your eyebrow and all the tapping, something, EMR, EMD? It's EMDR. Yes, the tapping. EMDR, yes. What do you think about that? I've used it on myself personally years ago. And it really worked well for me, meaning whenever I had a certain um, distorted thought that went into whatever that would have an, a, a bad, you know, emotional effect on me, I would tap it out, tap it out, tap it out until it switched up into a new thought. But you have to tap and then choose a new thought at the same time. So you're tapping it out, interrupting the thought pattern and then implementing a new thought into that pattern. So you, you know, you're pregnant pretty much. It's like, a, sounds like, like you're training yourself. Right. You're reprogramming. Yeah, you're reprogramming yourself. And that's what everything's about. I mean, life is about unlearning behaviors that don't serve you, learning new ones that do, and reprogramming it so that it becomes your, your way of being and not doing because doing is exhausting it's and exhausting. being is liberating. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Shannon, you pulled up one of the questions that somebody left for Dr. Brian off of Instagram. Do you want to read it? Um, let's see. I had... I just know there was a lot of questions on our Instagram about um, mental health and your views on it. I think there's um, just a lot of mental health within like co-parenting, mental health within, um, you know, just women with women in general and, um, you know, being in domestic violent relationships and just stuff like that. And how do you recoup from that? Um, Myself, I've been in um, a domestic, a very unhealthy relationship prior to having Parker. And I know a lot of my baggage comes from that. And um, I bring a lot of that to my relationships um, of my traumas. And so I know, you know, me and Parker's father have been together since high school. So he's seen me go through so many different traumas in my life. And um, just things like that, just unpacking that and what that comes with it, with your mental health and not being able to cope with everything. And, you know, 
I think that was a really big thing on our social media was just asking about mental health and how to deal with that present day with everything going on. Mental health is a foundation of everything, anything and everything you do. And mental health is what you stand on, period. Right? So you are only as healthy as your mental health. Literally, your relationships are only as healthy as you. Um, And mental health also goes deeper than just it being a blanket word and it, and it, it usually I don't like to use the word upset but it does it frustrates me that folks use mental health as a blanket term when it's very cultural competent and it's very um, very racially uh, competent as well meaning different cultures different races um, are either uh, prone to or not prone to mental health and so like you have you know the black community right mental health Mental seeking professional help for your mental health is not something that is a learned behavior or something that is celebrated and taught in the household. Um, doesn't mean that it's not necessary, but that also means that whoever a black person goes to to seek coaching or therapy from needs to have culture competence because they have to understand that their perception and their lack of respect and value for mental health professionals is a lot lower, not because they're being rude or because they're ignorant, it's because they have not been exposed to that being something that can help them, right? And so that's something that needs to be implemented. Another thing is, um, because mental health is not taught in in certain minority communities, in black and brown communities, um, then that means that there's no psychoeducation. And so if you have a race of people that aren't taught what mental health is, then they don't know that they're experiencing a mental health crisis. Which means they stay in that dysfunction, they stay in that crisis, thinking that it's healthy, thinking that this is a culturally way of being, right? And that becomes their norm. And so now they are they are now uh, depressed, or they are now uh, experiencing anxiety, or they're having adjustment disorder, or they're having you know whatever's going on, symptoms of depression, and they think that's normal. That's just the way we do things. That's just how it is over here. That's just you know what we've been taught not understanding that they're suffering, they're in an intense crisis. And so there's a big disparity between um, certain communities, like the minority communities, and the Caucasian communities and mental health, because Caucasian communities have been taught that mental health is the way. And I agree with mental health being the way, not because I'm a professional in the field, because it saves lives, it saves relationships, it breaks down dysfunctional uh, family pathologies and patterns. And so it takes things and it blends it. It doesn't make gaps and cause disparities. And so for me, mental health is something that I believe that people need to be first educated on. And it starts in the household with parents because, you know, it is the parents' responsibility to give everything they do know and to educate themselves a lot more so that their kids can be educated. That's a parenting skill, right? That's a parenting responsibility, I should say. And it should be very much said, not just if you need something, come to mommy or an authority, You know, there's professionals that can help you and that can guide you in ways that mommy and daddy just can't, not because we don't love you, because we're not trained like that. And if you ever need that, we want you to know that getting help is, 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 you know, powerful and that you're awesome and amazing when you say you need help. And we want to put you with the right people who can help you. And if that is something that's taught early on, you have people who grow up and they have a better mental health, which means they choose better which means they function better and which means they can actually go on and pursue personal things like career and education with a lot clearer mind and they're able to focus. Because again, when the lights are turned off, 
in your mental health, they are turned off in every area of your life. And so it's really hard to have clarity and become successful at anything when you don't even know you're experiencing a crisis. And then the friends you talk to are just there trying to guide you, but the blind leading the blind. And so everyone's in the dark going, I think the light switches to the right. I yeah. think that's real. I've had maybe three experiences with my family where it got to the point where I came to my mom or my dad and I was like, I need to talk to someone. And then we go talk to someone and they're like, oh, you can't keep coming to me when you have these moments of crisis. And to me, I was like, I didn't even understand that it was a crisis moment because it's, it's just is what it is, you know? And it's sometimes we live in these states of, I guess, mental trauma or just dysfunction, not even understanding how dysfunctional it really is until someone's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you don't have <laughs> like, to, you don't, you don't have to live like this or you don't have to be like this. And it's, I think Shannon and I, we've been trying to like motivate each other lately to like ask for help more or to be like, Hey, it's okay. Like our little pep talk sometimes is like, Hey girl, like let's ask for help. Like it's okay <laughs> to ask for help because I think sometimes it's, um, sometimes as women, we, we do suffer in silence and we, I think something, I love feminism. I, I, you know, I think it's great, the whole liberation movement, but it also, I think caused women to think that it's weak to ask for help or to need help or to like, and see, that's culture, but that's also a cultural thing because you have a certain group of women who are supposed to put the word on their back and can't really shut up so that you just get through in the darkness um, you know, because they have developed a norm of doing it by myself is how I've had to do it. Not just that it's weak. So I'll figure it out. And it's became more of a headache to ask for help than it has been to just do it on your own because the help that you've asked for, it, it leads you to a ditch. And so if someone else is going to lead me to a ditch, I might as well get in a ditch by my damn self instead of leaning on you, which takes energy. And then we end up screwed anyways. And that goes yeah. back to the cultural competence, because if we're going to be real and transparent here on the podcast, you, it, it is very, very promoted for a Caucasian woman to speak up and have a voice very, very, very much promoted, especially when you're talking about sexual harassment in, you know, say the entertainment field of like the, the, what is it? Harley Heinstein, whatever the guy's name is. Everyone came out when Tiger Woods had an issue with sexual abuse. Every single woman came out, which were all Caucasian saying me too, me too. The me too movement was based around that campaign around white women who came out and said, me too, me too, me too. And so this is the thing too. We have to be real about the dialogue and conversation. We can't just, again, talk about the fruit that we harvest. You got to talk about the root of things. And the root of it is there is a, a group of folks who have been suppressed so that they, they have been taught to not have a voice because having a voice means that, you know, you're either not heard. So why speak up? You're not respected. So who cares? And then having a voice, like you just said, are, is saying you're weak. So I thought you can handle it. I thought you can do this on your own. What's wrong with you? Oh, so you can't handle it. So then you made these choices, but couldn't, couldn't take on the weight that you chose. And so now what's going on with you? And we have to be honest about those marginalized, suppressed folks, group of people who are not speaking up because if they do speak up, they feel like what benefit does it do for me anyways? And so I'll continue to be in this agony. I'll continue to look for the light switch in my own room, even though I don't find it. And I'll just sit here and drown in my dysfunctional norm because I don't even know anything other than this. So if I know nothing other than this, then what I'm doing is normal. So my depression is normal. 
I'm always sad is normal. I work out in, in, in bouts of tears. It's normal because I wasn't taught a different way. And power in speaking out and seeking help. And I really, really want to enforce this to all of your listeners and your viewers and you ladies here on the podcast. There is power in asking and seeking help. And that help needs to come from a professional. It does not and should not come from friends or family who are not skilled and trained to help you navigate through things because they're just teaching you the things you already know. And that's not what you need. You need new tools from someone who has the training, whether it's myself or somebody else, whoever, but get with the professional so they can teach you the different ways. And oftentimes it's just a shift in perception. I'm so serious. Another, I had a session with another client and, um, and he was talking about just a lot of things he was going on. And I said, Hey, you know, and I was able to use this Bible, um, little fable with him because he believes in God. So with my clients, I won't use God or anything unless I know that's what they believe in and they're okay with it because it's never okay to project my own beliefs on them. And so I said, Hey, you know, um, there's a little Bible story. And it's really short. I said, where, you know, um, I said, uh, Paul was out in the water and he had his fishing net and he kept throwing in his net, kept throwing in his net. He was catching nothing, not one fish. Jesus walked up and said, excuse me, buddy. Now the Bible doesn't say buddy, but I tell my story like this because my clients <laughs> tend to resonate that's why, that's with, what made me chuckle. Yeah, <laughs> with this more. And my thing is I'm like God in the sense of I meet them wherever I have to meet them for them to get the message. So Jesus said, Hey buddy, you know, why don't you throw the net on the other side? And Paul's like, okay, but it's the same ocean. It's the same sea, but okay. And he was obedient, keyword obedient and said, all right, uh, on the other side, oh, he's like, nets on this side, just throw the net on the other side. His entire net flooded with fish. It was so abundant that his whole boat was filled up with fish while he was in his, uh, while he was in his obedient act of what Jesus told him to do, Jesus left and cooked him a whole meal, a whole fish meal. Okay. When Paul got back to shore where Jesus cooked him a meal, Jesus said, guess what? Because you were obedient, you never have to be a fisher of fish ever again. Hmm. I will make you a fisher of men. So the point of the story is all he did was shift his perception. He didn't get a new net. He didn't get a new boat. He didn't get a new person. He didn't change up anything, but his perception, he took his net in the same boat, the same net, the same ocean. He didn't go from Pacific to Atlantic ocean same ocean which means the same freaking fish the same material and just shifted his net to the other side of the same boat oftentimes it's as simple as a shift in freaking perception and a good therapist or coach is going to give you perception on top of perception when i'm in session with my clients oftentimes they're like i didn't even think of it like that mm-hmm. i didn't even think that maybe she didn't see it like that because she did come from a broken family. Ah, I didn't think that because he's a fatherless son. Ah, that's why he's limited with how he fathers are. Uh, take your net, throw it on the other side. Folks make it too big. They're at the boat store trying to get new nets and fishing poles and trying to take themselves to, to, to a whole nother ocean when you don't need anything but a shift in your perception to see it differently and not see it from your trauma lens and see it from the lens of not how you do, you coded it to be, but the lens of how you would want it to be, which is creating your own narrative. Yes. <laughs> I think you had to answer. I feel like, like you answered all the questions. 
How, if they want to follow up and schedule I'm something, like, I need help. Out of help people, yeah, how do we connect with you? <laughs> As many of you may know, I have been on a slow boat moving into my house and I've been so stressed out about how I'm going to decorate and what is going on my hallways. Thankfully, Framebridge has come into my life. I can easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a Framebridge retail store and print whatever kind of images I want for my home. Whether it's a travel souvenir, my favorite photos from my travels, or just pictures of my kids, I know it's gonna get done and it's gonna look good. All you have to do is upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free secure prepaid packaging or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. Framebridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I can't wait to visit one of their locations. I'm gonna take in some of my old concert stubs so I can hang it in my office. I love to see things that I've done and experienced in life and they motivate me to work even harder. When you think of Framebridge, just remember it's easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything. It's fair and transparent upfront pricing based simply on the size of your item. There's a curated selection of frame styles with design experts on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame. There's fast service, free shipping, and it's great for gifts. Order online or get expert help at a retail location near you. And don't forget, happiness is guaranteed. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they'll make it right. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. I feel like you answered the other question that I was going to have for you is um, breaking generational cycles. I feel like that just answered everything that I would, my, our, my next question because it's just having a different perception of, of everything yeah and Dr. Brian, I know you had a hard out at yeah we have yeah we have about three more minutes because my uh my session has been moved up about 15 let's look at God 15 minutes my session was moved yes up. that's alignment but it's about being open to right and understand your ideologies were shaped from all that you've been and if you want to be different then you have to be open to those ideologies being broken really quick though when your ideologies start to become broken it's very heartbreaking it's very heartbreaking and that's where the shift in a healthy perception will save you because if you're a little girl who has this ideology of a certain ashley said it perfect in session on the show she said i it just doesn't fit my idea of marriage i said what was your idea of marriage and she gave her idea by the end of our session Ashley had a completely shift in perception on marriage and she had a breakthrough. It didn't have to look like bar with tears. Okay. Her breakthrough wasn't with tears. Her breakthrough was very internal for her. And she had a breakthrough in that moment and realized, you know, I need to check my venom at the door. Right. And, and you know, my idea of marriage may not be the idea that I want anyways, and it may not be what's best for me. What if my idea is a basement idea compared to the huge, beautiful blessing that is standing in front of me. If I can shift my perception, I can really enjoy this. I have it all week. Yeah, remove your whole chicken all day long, right? Shift it. <laughs> A lot of times are ideologies. Be my new code word. Shift. 
<laughs> no, I, I I see. I just I hear that, and I I think about like myself and stuff, and how what my idea of what a family was supposed to look like after I had Ryder, and how I was gonna do anything. It didn't. I would have lost all my morals and standard for myself to create what I thought this was supposed to look like, and I had to change my I had to change my perspective to realize this isn't it. Like what my base of what I thought family was supposed to look like our marriage has changed so much now that I'm a mom now that I'm about to get married but for someone who would want to work with you to do like couples therapy or family therapy do you think they should start off with sessions alone or together I love that question that's that's a great question so it's definitely should be both go to the same therapists are coached. All my clients come to me, the same coach, because then you get two different modalities. You get totally different tools. Um, and so each person should go individually, mm-hmm. right? One week, both go individually. The next week, couples, individually, couples, individually, couples. And it works really well that way because you get to unpack because everything is about self. So you work on your own self tools and you come together and you guys have two different toolboxes, your toolbox for yourself. And then you guys are two box together. And while we're talking about ideologies, just to self-disclose, I used to have this ideology that as a, as a married couple, at least my husband and I, right, when I do get married, that we need to have one toolbox. Because if we had two different toolboxes for ourselves and then one together, I felt defused, disconnected from him. One toolbox, one everything, otherwise we're disconnected. But that's the abandoned little girl in me that says, if we have anything separate, <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm underwater. I'm abandoned. You're triggering me. It took me to do my work. It took my amazing, awesome clients to come in and while they don't think they are, shift my perception to understand, wait a minute, there really are three toolboxes, mine's, his, and ours. And there's nothing abandonment about that. Those are just my coding triggers that's making it what it's not. I'm making it my childhood experience of feeling disconnected. But this is not my childhood experience. I'm a woman and I can do this. And so those are the differences in your ideology. You're bringing in the young kiddo ideology that doesn't work for what you're doing. Now they're they're calling me. (laughs) So we got to wrap up. But um, I think no problem. This is so good. I'm happy y'all are doing this. I hope you bring more awareness too, as far as like mental health and depression. Um, for the folks who are, are hearing. And that's one thing I loved about the show is that they, um, you know, they use, of course, it's, it's for entertainment and we get that, but they also were able to show the growth and the healing and how important that is um, so that people can learn because so many folks are, I mean, in my DMs, in my emails saying that they have learned so much from each individual session. And I've had people send videos of them in tears saying the tools that you gave Macy, the tools that you gave Ashley, or, you know, bar has changed my life and thank you. And that's the whole point of what I am doing. That's the whole point of me even agreeing to be on the show was as long as I can continue to use, you know, their lives, because you guys are so courageous and bold to even share your lives amongst millions of people. You really are. So kudos to you for that. I admire you for that. As long as their lives and their stories can change the world, sign me up, sign me up. And that's what it did. So that's exciting. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm for sure about to go on your Instagram and click the link and Zach and I are going to sign up. Zach, I'm ready. Hi, Zach. I'm ready. So we're going to sign up for a session. <laughs> so 
Do you see what I'm dealing with? <laughs> yes, he doesn't. He doesn't want. He's not ready to unpack his luggage, but he will. Yeah, okay. He has no choice. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, this is what you're choosing in life. Thank you so yeah, much for coming all amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully at some point, if y'all want me to come back and talk more about the mental health aspects and different coding and different approaches and yes. get some uh, question built up, I'd love to, to be able to do that. But thank okay. you for having me on this. This was amazing. Thank, thank you. you. We're for sure going to have Dr. Brian back on with us, y'all, because yes. I feel like I need to go and have a good cry session. And then I feel like I just had a session. I was like, <laughs> this was a group session. So love you, ladies. Yes. Thank you. Uh, talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Oh, my God, y'all. I feel like I couldn't get my words out. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so happy to just listen. <laughs> I'm like, I need help. I need help. Oh, shit. I really need help. And the decoding part. But then even okay. talking about how we live with just the fruit on top and we never get down to the root where the fruit is growing from. And that kind of blew my mind. I'm like, you know, that's really true. It's crazy. The coding thing stuck with me because there's definitely times where I feel like I'll read something that Zach will send me or read a text in the way that I code it is not the intention of what his text is. And then I'll come home already with my attitude or ready for war. And he's looking at me like, what's what happened to you? And I'm like, in my head thinking, you came at me earlier. And he's looking at me like, girl, no, I didn't. Uh-huh. So I, I feel like when she was talking about coding, it's all reflective as to things that you haven't unpacked previous to even receiving that message. Yeah, no, I can relate to, I guess, yeah. Did he just hand you a naked baby? <laughs> he has clothes on, but Messier thinks he's hot in his clothes. So he like <laughs> unzips No, him. I totally agree with that because I feel like that's when I talk to Robert, I feel like I'm always, I might be really defensive because we haven't unpacked anything. We mm-hmm. have so much luggage. And sometimes I do feel like maybe I've unpacked things and he hasn't. So he holds on to the old Shannon and I'm like, dude, but I'm not talking to you in that manner. Or I'm not trying to ruffle your feathers, but I, on both sides, we code differently. Yeah. (laughs) So we, I feel like you've been pretty open with the podcast as far as like your journey with therapy and recently, like you guys broke up or whatever. Um, Fuck her. (laughs) Would Dr. Brian know homework that you would be interested in like doing a session with now that you've like met her and stuff? What do you think? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go see how I can schedule a personal session. I'm also going to say, Hey, Mezier, we need to do some co-parenting sessions. Cause for me, like I want to unpack, like, regardless if we're together or not, like you're, we're literally stuck with each other for life because we share two children. And our problems will be passed on to them. And I'm not trying to pass on these kind of problems, you know, yeah. no, I'm trying I, to, I feel like part of my journey in life within the last, how old am I? 32. So since like, dang, I just felt old. like the last 14 years, I would say I've spent a great amount of time 
working on unpacking, unlearning and relearn, like, you know, learning new yeah. things. And that started, that's been from family to education to, you know, ideas on the world. So it's, it's, um, I think I have a hard time now. Cause I'm like, Oh, let's, you want to unpack, like let's unpack. And yeah. I'm dealing with someone who's not necessarily ready to unpack or doesn't know what unpacking is. Like, like. You have to check yourself to realize like, are you unpacking in the healthiest manner? Yeah. Yeah. You know that's what I mean? Like, I feel like you have to almost be taught how to unpack. You have to be taught. And I don't know if I've necessarily been taught how to unpack in the correct way. I feel like in the correct way. Right. I agree. I I think having a life coach, having someone actually guide you through it is much better because I've read book. Like when I tell you, I've read book that this little on breaking trauma to like this thick on like how to like break you know the cycles of breaking generational or like family trauma historical trauma but then also how to like change your thought process or like evolve your your mental state it's um it's a lot of information and unless like I agree unless you're trained in it and you know how to be effective in it due to training yeah you can't take it on by yourself. But I like that she's a hybrid. I like that she has the therapy background and then the life coach aspect because I do feel like it goes hand in hand. I feel like for me, I kept telling Zach, like, you know, I want to do marriage counseling before we get married. I feel like just to have an even better foundation than what we have, I think it's important. But it was also important to me to find somebody that Zach would be receptive to. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like sticking yeah. up in front of some old man or some old lady might not be the best fit for us because I just don't think it is. Like sometimes they come off super judgmental, or it's like you just feel like, why am I sitting here talking to this old person? Some ageism there. Right. But I feel like with um Dr. Bryant, the way that she's like, I give you guys tools and homework and things to think about and stuff. And it clearly seems like it's a back and forth relationship and not just us spilling out our issues. I like that it's different than what, to me, you envision as like counseling. Yeah. I think the hybrid is cool too, because then she's going to give you, you know, tools to go back with for you guys to work on and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was really interesting to hear that because when I went through therapy during the pandemic, I had a heal, like an energy healer therapist. So a lot of my therapy was based on me feeling like the vibrations in my, in my hands and her telling me to stop and ground myself and stuff like that. But I like the aspect of her, you actually have homework to work on what you were just taught because my, I did a lot of unpacking and I felt, you know, I, which helped me a lot during the time when, Robert was having a second kid because I was going through so many emotions. So I learned a lot about myself and unpacking and taking, she would tell me things like take things off the shelf and dust it off and look at it. Um, So that was like her way of telling me to unpack and um, just looking at the things that were built up and then taking them off and dusting them off slowly. So I think it's just different ways to unpack your your baggage and but it has to happen both ways unless or it won't work yeah it does and then there, there comes the coding and you're over here feeling defensive because somebody said something wrong to you yeah 
Or and it's also said something wrong to you. <laughs> or you think that they said something wrong to you. Wrong to, right. Or they, yeah. Like, and they're like, yeah. No, most definitely. I loved listening to her. Um, I'm happy that we made it happen to, you know, have her on. And she was just like a big reminder to, you know, seek help, seek professional help. Like you can't just necessarily talk to your friends and your family. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, because sometimes you can, you can explain something in the clearest of words. You could literally be like, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going through. And they could just look at you. And be like, okay. <laughs> but like she said, they, and <laughs> and you're coming when you come to your friends, they're coming your the knowledge is coming from their experience. Yeah. And knowing you. And so when you're coming to a professional, you're actually getting professional help. You're not yeah. getting the experience that your friend has gone through or you know, the knowledge that they know. Yeah. Or just their opinion based off of an interaction yeah. or something that they've seen. It's, it's, um, yeah. He yeah. the reference is the blind leading the blind, which, yeah. It probably- oh, this, this ditch is looking extra ditchy nowadays with all of us in it. Like, <laughs> it probably is. But I, I really want to have, um, I really want to have her back on because I feel like we were all in like a mist of shock just listening, like, Literally, I was like, did right. I say something? <laughs> I think it would be really cool if we all did a session with her um, and even did some couple sessions so that we could actually be able to speak on her direct techniques and like how it's effectively, I'm manifesting this effective word, effectively um, benefited our situations, relationships. Um, yeah. Shannon, are you open to that? I'm super open. I'm over here thinking, I don't know if Robert would be open to that because I've multiple times asked him to, you know, go to therapy sessions with me, but I'm more than cute. She's a very attractive woman. He might say, oh yeah, I could sit through this if I got, if I get to look at her, like you can't, you can't force somebody that's not ready to do something. I'm at the point of my life where I'm not going to force somebody that's not mentally there with me to do something he doesn't want to do. So cute or not, you know, (laughs) I'm beyond open to, um, to getting advice and helping me get through my journey of life and the next step of, you know, I want to get married. So not putting that baggage into the next relationship. Cause I know that was a big thing in my last relationship is Shannon, you need to go get help. And that was one of the big reasons. Cause I was like, I don't need help. I, like we're I'm good. Fine. <laughs> I'm fine. But he was like, dude, you can't keep coming to me. And it was, you know, during the time when Robert was having his first kid, a uh, second kid. And you know, my emotions were going to my relationship and it was really hindering our relationship. So he was like, dude, can you please seek other help? Because I cannot help you at this moment. Yeah. And I totally respected that. So it's always yeah. nice when you have a partner who is supportive of seeking help or like getting help, you know? Yeah. Those moments really make a difference. But I for sure am ready, you know, for more um, unbagging. I think I am too. I think I just, I want some like, I don't know. Lately, I feel like I've just been kind of like at this stagnant place. 
and I feel like maybe like getting help or talking to someone will help me get out of like whatever is in my head yeah I think so um so I lately I have been working with a postnatal care specialist who specializes she's a specializes in the mother um post-pregnancy and the recovery and I'm currently reading her book and I've been doing like online sessions with her and been doing some in-person sessions with her just because I've been experiencing some postpartum things I don't know what the word is um and it's honestly been so eye-opening. Like I was feeling kind of in a stagnant place and I was like, you know, just, I can't sit here and talk about getting help if I'm not going to help myself, you know? Yeah. So it was, I was, I've been dealing with her lately and it's honestly going back to, you know, referring to Dr. B, just that change of the perspective. It's, it's really been helping me get through these times, like through these moments. Cause it's, uh... okay. My child is like, be my friend um I don't know I don't know where I was going with that yeah. I just want y'all to know it's okay to ask help. That's all I had to say. like I seek really help like that like, she said that but like we all were like yes change perspective <laughs> oh seriously it's gonna be my new code word I'm so serious not even a word hey what did excuse me we all fishing right. y'all got some WTFs words of advice or did dr bryant literally give us all the advice Philly should give us all the advice (laughs) i think that this was really cool doing our episodes um differently the past few weeks so i appreciate you guys for tuning in on a different day than what we're used to we are going to go back to having our episodes on the normal day that they come out which is a mondays um We only did this because the team mom and reunion so that we could talk about the show and stuff. I watched the season finale. They haven't seen it yet because I sent them the wrong link. But <laughs> um, it was really, I feel like it was a good ending to a script that had so many unknowns. Almost um, done. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into, honestly. And I feel like watching last night was like the conclusion to like, you know, the kumbaya we were all at a bonfire and talking about like how we got to this bonfire basically and it felt good to watch like you know sometimes when you see yourself and you're like oh i'm proud of that girl um were you proud of yourself cheyenne i think i was because during that time of filming teen mom like ace was so young and i had so much going on in my personal life and I just didn't know how I would come across on camera because mentally I just wasn't there. And I'm proud of myself for even putting myself in that situation. Um, so I'm happy with it. I'm happy that we're doing it again because I feel like I'll be a better version of myself by that time. Um, but Cheyenne, because, yeah, you I did school a lot during that time. So I'm yeah. really proud of you. I was, I was really happy to have Ace during that time. They showed Ace last night. He looked so Aww. little. I'm like, bro, was oh, he? He was tiny. He was tiny. I was tiny. He was a little. I remember. I had a pregnant in that time. <laughs> but I don't. I feel like Dr. Brian took all the advice any of us could give, but I don't have a WTF. Uh, my advice would be to hit up Dr. Brian. Oh, my WTF. 
Y'all, I had to, I flew to DC with two kids and I was having really bad anxiety leading up to it. And I was really nervous at the airport because right now Boz is in this like, let me run, run phase of my life. And it's, um, he thinks it's fun and jokes. So I bought one of those like little wrist connectors. Oh, for two of us. and Cheyenne was like, you gonna put my son on a leash. And his dad was like, don't, don't do that. And I was like, yeah, but you're not you. the one who's having to take this trip with a, a three-year-old and a four-month-old. I didn't put him on a leash. It wasn't a leash. It was, it was a wrist it's a connector. Leash. It's like we were connected at our wrist. Boz wanted to it's use it. <laughs> he wanted to use it. And I felt like people were going to be so judgy. And I was like embarrassed to like, it was, I was, I literally felt embarrassed to like put it on him. But at the same time, he was running around in the airport. He thought it was an obstacle course. He was like, mom, look at me here. Look at me here. So at, like at that point, and this is just a ticketing. I was like, oh, where's the blue thing? Because <laughs> I, I couldn't, I just couldn't run. And I literally like mentally, I was, I was really scared to fly. And I haven't flown in a while just with COVID and everything. And now it's like two kids. And I've been traveling my entire life. Like I love flying is easy for me. Um, it's not like a, a scary thing. So that was just a new experience. But while we made it to the gate and then Bob, Sorry. It's okay. Nair had a blowout. So had a blowout. And then I ordered food, pay for food. And after we had the blowout, I forgot my food and we came and sat back down. And by the time I was like, oh, go get your food. Boz was settled. Zaire was settled. And I, I was looking around like, can I please ask somebody for like, go get my food? Because it was literally right. I like it was right there. And so I didn't eat because, you know, this mom was <laughs> a loose, few loose screws. But um, yeah, that was my WTF. Just flying with two kids. But we made it, y'all. I'm we so made proud it. of you. Yes, and now I'm here in DC. Yeah. And it's the exciting news though, it's the first time that they're meeting Zaire. So it's a happy, you know, it's a happy moment. It'll be a happy. happy. Yeah. So what you got going on, Shannon? Um, I don't really have anything. I guess Parker, it's just funny. Parker is so observant of me. And recently he's just been telling me about myself like on valentine's day he told me you know i meet him he was my little date and um my hair was messy so he told me he said mom you know your hair looks really crazy aren't you gonna go do it and i said no parker this is how i'm wearing my hair he said mom well i like to look fancy and i guess your style is crazy so and he refused to take pictures with me on valentine's day (laughs) So present day, he's like, I don't understand what my child, my child is so particular. Like yesterday, he, my hair was really like just all over the place. And he said, mom, so your hair looks crazy. You're going to go to work like that. Is, this, said, why, is this why you were trimming your hair today? This is why my hair is straight now. He told me I look famous with my hair straight. He just kept touching it last night. He said, mom. You look so famous. You look really famous. <laughs> said, do I park? So what do I look like when my hair's not straight? Because <laughs> he was like, mom, you're a hairstylist. You can't look crazy. 
I said, okay. That's right, Parker. Keep mom in check. I said, yeah, you're right. I can't look crazy. I am a hairstylist. Thanks for keeping me on check, sir. So yeah, that's my WTF. My son keep keeping me on check. Shall you have a WTF for us? No. No. Not this week. So you've had a nice week. You played hooky on Monday with part with Ryder. We did. We went to the beach. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's necessary with her. Like just to do something out of the random with her. I feel like she always has a lot going on. So it was good for us to just get out for the day. I agree. It was it was also um rare disease day. So in my mind, it was, you know, that's yeah, writer's day. I, I, like, oh, we were gonna celebrate anyway. So it that's was writer's good. day. A good day for us to play hooky. But so. I'm really happy that we got to have Dr. Brian on. I hope that we Me could too. do it again. And our schedule is going to be changing, like I said earlier, y'all. So make sure you tune in for the schedule change. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed like this little mini season that we had of Thursday episodes. Yes. Thursday episodes, yeah. Thursday. But, yeah. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow the Instagram Comment, page. review. Um, at Think Loud Crew, please leave comments and reviews and rate us on like the podcast platforms because it helps us a lot more than what you guys think it does. I feel like so please do that, and you can follow me at Shy Not Shy. You can follow me at <laughs> R Kyle Lynn, and you can follow me at Hair by Shannon C. And we need to go and sign up with Dr. B so that next time we're on, we can all be like, I got a tool. I got a tool. You got a tool? What's your homework? What's your homework? What's my homework? I unpacked today. All right, y'all. All right. Thank bye. you for tuning in. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.